2: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is dedicated to the 66 absent friends who went to a game 47 years ago and never came back. Gone, but never forgotten. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast that was full of optimism going into the Lasso Farm game. This week on Heart and Hand, okay, maybe not full, but well, you know, we did tell you, so we're claiming that. Welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers Podcast. My name is David Edgar. I am your host and I'm joined this week by my A-team. First up, uh, pod regular, Mr Alex Staff. How are you
1: doing, David?
2: good? I'm grand, mate. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to yourself and all
1: the listeners as well.
2: Yeah, I should have done that. Happy New Year, listeners. And uh, also joining us for his flagship show debut is uh, Adam Thornton. Hi, David. Hi,
0: Alex. Happy New Year.
2: Same to you, my friend. Now, uh, big, big pressure debut today. I've tossed you in sort of David Bates style, Adam, into our, our post-Old firm, post firm special. Now some people might be wondering, because I used to be one of the people who said I don't like the term Old Firm, I don't like being associated with that mob at the moment and now I'm using the term Old Firm sort of every second sentence and, and, and almost ending sentences with it, Old Firm. But it's because I it annoys Celtic fans and Alex, I think that if you've got an opportunity to do that, Old Firm, you should do it.
1: Uh, you're correct, old from Yes, yes, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's too easy, isn't sadly. it? Just, isn't
2: it just madness, Adam? That the way that you know that they will take anything and find a reason to be upset by it. Oh, it's brilliant! I, I love it.
0: It's- the old glasgow
2: derby thing is pretty hilarious, Old Firm. But I know. Any, okay. any opportunities are good with me. Yeah, exactly. So Old Firm, Old Firm, Old Firm special here today. Um, there's a few other them actually will be tuned in. Their ears are bleeding at the moment. They'll be firing off a disgusted tweet <laughs> as we as we speak to that. So you, you, there'll be steam rising in the east end of Glasgow right now off keyboards. But uh, yeah, we went into the game. Uh, massive underdogs, I think, on... You know, deservedly given given our, our recent performances. And uh, I thought we started really well, opening ten minutes. I thought Rangers more about attitude than anything else, we looked as though we wouldn't be cowed or bullied, Celtic began to dominate the first half, I thought in terms of territorial and in terms of possession, they had the better chances it must be said, some good stops by Wes, some good defending, Rangers lost Bruno Alves to injury um, and David Bates then came on, but David Bates I thought went on to have an absolutely standout game, um, probably beaten for me in the ratings only by James Tavernier. there and uh, Celtic really should have gone in at least one up with a chance spurned by um, Scott Sinclair who's who's missed basically an open goal from a few yards however at the start of the second half something really changed, Rangers fought their way back in an even the territorial sort of uh, game and then after about 10 minutes began to just totally dominate the match it was a spell round about the 60th minute where I think you could see that Rangers were absolutely you know, in control and realising it and then we went for Celtic um, two great saves from from Craig Gordon where he's, he's stopped one from James Tavernier and one from Alfredo Morelos and Alfredo's also missed a header um, from another delightful cross from the right side and um, Celtic brought on Lee Griffiths for the clearly I want to leave Moussa Dembele but he couldn't get anything going either Celtic struggled to put anything together in attack attacking sense in the second half and in the end um uh, I know people have been saying a draw was probably the f- a fair result and it probably was, but I would say that for us, having ended with all the momentum, having missed some good chances, there was this strange feeling of going into a game, Alex, where you're thinking, God, I hope we don't get badly turned over. At half time going, Well, I would take a draw right now and then at full time thinking, God, we could've we could have won that. We should have won that. Yeah,
1: there's always a bit of immediacy when you're when you're judging a game. Um, you know, in terms of as you say, that second half was clearly ours. And I think the moment of the match, you know, when people look back on it, because it was a no-no draw, and there wasn't that much controversy or anything like that. The moment of the match is going to be the Morelos header and, and Gordon save, you know, that's the one that will be remembered from the game. Um, and ninety-nine times out of a hundred, that's getting in. Mm. You know, it was a, It was it really was a one in one hundred save from him. So, uh, yeah, I think you're right. It was, uh, <laughs> it was that feeling of that growing feeling of hope throughout the game and, and, and kinda of enjoying what we are watching whilst also um I don't know how I don't know how you guys felt but I certainly had that slight non fear that they just had that little bit of quality they hadn't shown yet and it was they were going to sneak a win but, you know, in truth in the second half they created nothing.
2: I'll be honest, when Morph came on towards the end, um I did think that it would be just like the thing for him to come on and, you know, a wee bit of quality in the box and put away a shot from a tight angle or whatever but he, he couldn't get into it either and a lot of that was to do with our I'm defe- much maligned and deservedly de- uh, maligned defence Adam who performed at a level that all of them all four of them um, performed at a level that they haven't often shown this season and I think that for me, Tav was man of the match, um, but I thought that Bates ran them close. Wilson was excellent, and Declan John, who has had some several really poor defensive displays, was was excellent and really fought for every ball, and 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 they won their battles.
0: Yeah, I think I was actually going to pick out John. I think the other three, I think, have shown that on occasion they can play really well defensively, and when they're when they're consistent, and when they're. Uh, attuned to it, they, they they do get good performances. But I've not been impressed with John defensively at all. However, he was fantastic um at the weekend there. He kept Forrest pretty quiet. Um he was always winning always winning the ball, kind of last stitch, but he had enough pace to get through. Um really, really impressive. Both full backs were great. Bates <clears throat> I thought Bates was was really, really good, but we spoke about it before. You know exactly what you're gonna get. It's not going to be fancy. He never gets caught in possession. He's always pretty decent with his passing. He doesn't try anything too too fancy he's just a solid defender Um, Wilson I thought even though I was critical of him the last time I was on I thought he did very well he was caught under the ball a couple of times in the first half for for a couple of the Celtic chances but we got away with it and I thought he was fantastic as the game uh, moved on yeah definitely
2: Alex where did the lack of panic come from because that's a more composed Rangers display in fact, I'll call it now. That was the most composed Rangers display I've seen this season, and it came in probably the most frenetic match. I mean, where does that sort of thing come from?
1: Psychologically, they were able to just go out uh, with nothing to lose, which is very, very rare for a Rangers team. You know, especially you know this season at home, uh, it's felt like there's there's always been a pressure. There's there's been very few games at home this season where you've went in and thought, well, you know, this is no problem at all. We can just enjoy this game. There's always been a reason why we have needed to win or there's been numerous injuries or or something's made the game that bit bigger. And then with the home crowd as well, the panic kind of sets in with some of these guys. But I would imagine, they talk about that argument at half-time and making a big difference between the players, and I'm sure we'll touch on that. But yeah, well, imagine...
2: let's do that now. Let's do that now. For those who may not have have read and, and with a lot of people abroad, um, just just tell the listeners what you're referring to.
1: Yeah, um, Graham Murphy mentioned after the match and uh, a couple of his interviews that at half time the players essentially done all the work. They went in. The rumour is, I don't know, you know, that this is coming from from other people. The rumour is Danny Wilson laid it. Um, and they just had a very frank discussion, let's say. Um, had a real go at each other at half time and came out in the second half. And I think it was clear from everyone, from every player on the park that they took something from that and they were determined to to turn around the level of performance and get some sort of result. Um, now I don't know, David, how many you know, obviously there wasn't there was only a couple of hundred able to fit into the louding for the Kevin Thompson live pod so I don't know how many have listened to it since he edited and, and sent that out but the most telling thing for me that night was when Kevin Thompson spoke about how Walter Smith never came into the dressing room yeah he didn't um, need to uh, that's what he said yeah yeah. he basically said he'd come in like once in pre-season and that was it um, and the dressing room ran itself and you had players like Barry Ferguson and David Weir and himself and you know I think he was playing his own influence down a little bit because he's kind of like that Uh. But it was telling to me. It was rather interesting that you know Walter didn't have to go into that dressing room if they played poorly in the first half. He didn't have to go in there and say anything because they would know it and they would sort it. Um, And we've seen, you know, if you look back at that time, there was many a game where we didn't start very, turned it round. So it was good to hear that this squad was capable of that because I think most people have been very, very critical of of uh, not just the ability and consistency, but the attitude has been you know, one of this team's not getting any mental strength or they kinda of wilt under a bit of pressure. It was good to see that they were able to do that. But as I was saying earlier, you know, it was a bit of a free hit in some respects and that might have helped it as well. You know, there wasn't any expectation to get a result. Uh, so, so in that way that kinda of frees up a little bit as well, you know, when you're able to go out and do a bit more when it, when you're the underdog.
2: Um Adam Danny Wilson is a guy that you and I are both criticised in the past not because either of us think he lacks ability because he doesn't he has all the attributes to be a good centre half he just rarely puts it together now that was a captain's performance from him because I, I what concerns me about Danny Wilson a lot of the time is you hear a lot from people who defend him that he is great if he's got someone next to him who you know will lead him through a game and, and my take's always been He's 26 now You know He, he shouldn't need A, a nursemaid And on Saturday He was the senior pro And looked at Every inch
0: Yeah maybe it's more <clears throat> A case of He needs a physical presence Next to him Rather than A leader Maybe it's not The two go hand in hand But maybe He's not the tallest He's not particularly Great in the air He's also not particularly quick But he can Read the game well To an extent So maybe it's just That he needs Someone Six foot plus Next to him Um Heading away the ones that he doesn't get, so maybe it's more a case of he needs the physical presence rather than an actual experienced head next to him because he certainly didn't play like he, he was missing someone on uh, on Saturday. I, I find the <clears throat> the halftime argument a bit. I'd really love to know the context of it because we were doing okay. Um, we we obviously the, the last half hour Celtic came into it and they had some of the be- better chances. Um, I would say. Apart from Marello's header, I think they had a couple of chances that were that were better. So we were doing okay from from that point of view. So I, I'm quite interested to know what the context of the, the argument was, because I'm fairly sure we've been doing worse in, in other games at halftime this year and we've not heard anything. So
2: But wasn't it great then that for once they didn't settle for, we're doing okay? Yeah. And they didn't yeah. hide behind, oh, that was all right, we're not losing. And look, if you like, for the lowest... Uh, the lowest acceptable standard and then try and work off that that they instead went this isn't good enough and they went out and, and dominated large parts of that match for me and I know that, that you're a big um, a big advocate of, of looking at the game in its entirety Alex because that's one of the reasons why on Hartman we all watch the games twice because you know that you can't I don't know about you guys but I watch Rangers uh, you know and very rarely do I notice the opposition on first viewing It's more about what we do. Like If someone scores a great goal, I tend to see what we didn't do, because that's what I'm watching. Um, But watching the game back, Scott Brown dominated the first half. He absolutely did. He won every 50-50. He won every um, uh, second ball. He kept Celtic on the front foot pressing us. In the second half, he was forced to drop back to take the ball off the centre-halves, which... He hasn't had to do In an Old Firm game In a long time And it was because Our pressing had pushed and, and compacted Celtic so much That Stuart Armstrong who I, who I do really rate Incidentally I think He's a cracking player Um, Obviously don't like Before anyone accuses me Of unstaunchness But uh, you know He is a good player um, That was the least effective I've ever seen him In an Old Firm match And it was because Celtic's ball winner And if you like The guy who walks up their back door Was forced 30 yards further back That left Armstrong completely isolated In the centre of midfield And they could not get anything going
1: No they couldn't And, and you're right it was We um, as, as Rangers fans it's, it's easy and it's probably correct To be very scathing and dismissive Of, of Scott Brown uh, But you know I've, I've always maintained I think quite a few people have He is a good player He's not a great player He is a bit overheight, But he is a good player He's nowhere near as poor As, as some, some people suggest um, And he is key to how they've been playing Over the past 18 months Definitely Brendan Rogers Has got something more out of him We we kind of slapped him about a bit In the second half actually um, You know, Morelos just decided nah, He's got to be my bitch You know, sent him flying at one point Nutmegged him at one point McCrory and Holt were going through him In 50-50s 80 for whatever reason we just we just decided you know he wasn't getting anywhere the, the most impressive thing for me was any time Celtic played a ball back the way um, it started in the first 10 minutes and as you say we slightly struggled after that but for the full second half any time Celtic tried to keep possession by playing a ball back the way or facing their own goal we were snapping at their heels every single player closing them down and we forced so many mistakes and that's where Brown struggles against good teams you know in the European games Anytime he's wanting to take that slight extra touch that he gets away with in Scotland, Correct. he struggles, and we Correct. and we kind of looked to do that as well, you know, um, and that was why in the second half, as you say, he was dropping deeper and deeper to try and find himself time and space, and we weren't allowing it, um, and we did, you know, for most of that second half, utterly dominant. Well, we were the we were the team defending on the halfway line, winning challenges, getting the ball wide to play for crosses. Yeah, it was it was impressive and the think Tough Actually, and I, as, you, as you point out rightly, a large part of that was taking him out of the
2: game. You're the president, Adam, of the James Tavernier fan club, and uh, have almost sexual man feelings on him. So you must have been delighted by what was possibly his swan song, but I would say his finest hour and a half in a Ranger shot.
0: Oh, he was just. Unreal! You um, you
2: better have both hands in the table where I can see them while, <laughs> while you're talking about that.
0: Just it was as if he had three lungs, just up and down the whole park, day, night night and day, just constantly bombing up and down, and some fantastic play. Like like obviously you're a fullback, get to the byline, cross the ball, but some of the ingenuity that the hooked cross from Morelos was fantastic. Nobody expected that. No. Um, it was a brilliant. Probably Morelos never even expected it. Um, it was brilliant, and I thought he would, I thought. As well, we're talking about leaders and we're talking about, I wouldn't quite say captain performances, but inspiring performances. And he was the one of the senior members of the back line. I feel like he stepped up big time. He was—he struggled against Sinclair um, this season, last season. He's really, really struggled. And to be honest, he gives me a bit of the fear sometimes, particularly in the first game of the season against him. Um, doubling up with Tierney as well, but you wouldn't have noticed that they, to having Candias... Hammered him Candice was all over Tierney. Yeah, he was. he was. He, he showed, showed him, him up. up to be Correct. not not average, but he certainly made him look average on the day. Um, and we got a lot of joy down that flank, which I was not expecting. I figured it'd be, the, it'd be maybe the other side, but yeah, Tab was brilliant, and I still maintain if he goes, I'm I'm going to riot because he's I think he's just fantastic. And there's a lot of chat on on social media etc. about him just now, but I feel like he's worth a lot to you attacking um, and a fullback for Rangers shouldn't need to be fantastic defensively, we don't need to play Kirk you should we should have a good enough midfield centre defence to be able to accommodate somebody who can be the second most assist in the league or can get you however many it was goals in the championship, 15 goals a season from fullback that's worth its weight in gold if we keep him for a couple of seasons, we manage to get into Europe we can develop him, we get better players there he could conceivably earn his 4-5 or five million pounds, it seems strange to let him go um, unless he wants to which I think you've alluded to before but I'd be doing everything I could to keep him
2: yeah he's he's not averse to move back down south um, is, is how I've heard it's one of these situations that Rangers certainly aren't chasing him out the door he's not handing in a transfer request but should a bid come in that was acceptable to all parties then yes I think he would go and I don't see him signing a new deal, so I think that given he's got 18 months left, I think that that's that's why I reckon it will happen here. If it doesn't happen here, it will almost certainly happen this summer. Unfortunately, Adam. So uh, yeah, keep keep you away from sharp things when that sort of thing comes up.
0: Yeah, just the, a final point on that. I think if, if that is the case, then I think he probably really needs to go in this window. Um, let us get get a proper scouting network and some options for right back for the summer um, and maybe a bit of cover coming in. Um, for just now But I think if that's the case Then he would need to go in this window As much as I'm very, very upset about it
2: The excellent SPFL radar on Twitter um, Which is a great stats site And really breaks the game down For those of you who are interested in that sort of thing And I am Points out, Alex, that Daniel Candias, For all his flaws um, Makes two clear-cut Expected goal chances Every 90 minutes On average And nobody else in the in this league Does that I thought that on Saturday we saw everything that endeared him to us, because I think the vast majority of Rangers fans really like Daniel Candias, up until maybe the last, what, maybe month, where he has not looked himself at all, um, for whatever reason, we haven't heard an injury, but he just has not been the same player, that was everything we like about Daniel Candias um, in one in one ninety minute showcase.
1: Oh, he was he was outstanding. I would like to just touch very briefly on, on the Tavernier thing because I just want to point one thing out that, that people don't really uh, bring up enough, in my opinion. You talk about these games being winning personal battles and, and you know, obviously we bring up Candace because he, he won his battle against Tierney. But Tavernier won the battle against Sinclair so much that Rodgers had to hook him. Rodgers had to sub him mm, because correct. at that point in the second half, it was just after... Tav's run and cross For Morelos' header And if you watch Sinclair's effort At trying to stop That Tav run That was a man Who'd been scalped About the entire game And knew That you know There was no point Because I'm not going To be able to stop him um, So you know That's how you win Your personal battle In a game like that The other guy Had to be subbed um, But yeah On Candace <clears throat> I think it's it's worth It's worth noting That this is a guy Who has You know Bumped about a few clubs On low And he's never really Settled anywhere since he got his move, you know, to, to Benfica and then he's kinda of moved on loan to various clubs. So we don't really know if this is if this is a kinda of pattern for him. Because we you know, we didn't know very much about him coming in. We don't know if, if part of the reason why no clubs ever really settled on him is because he he's inconsistent, he starts well, he dips a bit you know, that may be what he does. Um but it's also it's also the, the part. It's also the fact, as a fact, that attacking players struggle when your team's not dominating games, and we have not played well up until Saturday for for weeks. You know, it's been a been a good since the, the second Aberdeen game. We hadn't had a good performance, so you know, players like Enda are going to struggle when the team's not the one dominating the ball or just you know all round not playing well. But you're right. On Saturday he was outstanding, and in that second half, I think he would have probably. Probably fought every single Celtic fan in the stadium. Mm. I mean, he was going to win a 50 Yeah, you oh, know? He, he was, he in, was
2: that uh, he, in that mood, definitely
1: he, in that mood. He was outstanding. He didn't, you know, sometimes he can go a bit too far emotionally and be a bit, you know, I think we discussed this before. He can be a bit uh, centered on himself rather than on the team. But uh, on Saturday, it was all about, you know, he was just there. He, as you say, he was just told go sort that guy out and he done it brilliantly Um, and not just you know we shouldn't play down the level of quality he showed as well some of his touches Mm -hmm. were outstanding and if Morelos has played a better ball through to him in the first half for that one in the break I think I was in about the 10th minute he was through I would have fancied him to score um in the sort of mood he was in he was uh, really good all round excellent in fact and it was just because Tavernier was
0: absolutely amazing that he wasn't a contender for man in the match as well I think that crossing the, the crossing the second half for the chance that I wouldn't say it was Winders chance but the one that Windows almost got on the end of was a brilliant cross mm. um, falling right between yeah. Um, well, it was, he can very, do very that. Cross. I've I'm not seen a cross like that for quite a yeah. while. But it was it bounced in a really awkward place. It was a brilliant delivery.
2: He's got that. in his locker though. We, we've seen that sometimes the crosses, you know, hit the first defender. Sometimes they go into the stand, and other times they are absolutely inch perfect.
1: That's that's an of of crossing in truth. You know, um, that's why somebody like David Beckham in the past was a very special player was because he got the majority of his crosses to, to great areas but most players don't uh, but Candace he's very good at that early cross you know as Adam points out there that's one you don't see too often but um, he, he doesn't need to get to the byline to get something in um, and he doesn't need to be on the run to get a decent cross in either you know he's very good at being pretty much stationary getting the ball out from under his feet and whipping something in Um, and we've scored a couple of goals this season they've done D1 the wind scored the header sticks out as being similar Mm. you know quite deep didn't look as though there was a cross on and there he finds a player for for a simple finish he's he's good at that and if we had a if you you can imagine somebody has crossing ability with with a a puzzle or a Jelovic type striker in the middle they would they would score a barrel load off the end of him because they were so good in the air and very good at winning that battle and he would he would, you know he doesn't need to be accurate for a player like that whereas you know the likes of Morelos and Mundas aren't that strong in the air compared to that so so, um, so that's why you know his expected goals is much higher than his assessor, uh, assessor at the moment
2: I think that that was the plan with Herrera you know looking back I think that Pedro felt that Herrera would be that guy but obviously maybe he was in Mexico but the the different nature of the Scottish League where most defenders will have grown up doing that sort of defending as their bread and butter and maybe not so much abroad which is why you know our defenders are great at being able to handle you know high balls into the box but struggle with forwards who are good on the ball, who quick pacey, who play play round them. So it's maybe just a, a cultural thing, but I think he did think Herrera would be the guy who could possibly get on the end of those crosses. Now I'm going to um touch now on the back to the defence and the ginger Maldini, David Bates, my son. Um, I have for a long time said, and people remember my rant on here that I don't get the abuse that he gets I, I think it's really really unfair on him, I don't think that he is the, the second coming of Richard Gough, but nor do I think some of the comments on him uh, bear any relation to the displays we get from him and I think on Saturday you saw what David Bates is about which is purely defending, he is not great with a ball at his feet, Kenny Miller alluded to it in his post-match interview that it's something he needs to work on but He loves Defending Adam He adores Getting First to a ball Nicking it Handling his man Winning his duel And on Saturday The boy didn't put a foot wrong And maybe it was Because it was his type of game Where there was a lot of Defensive work to do As opposed to maybe But well there was When he came on But there wasn't By the time he finished Because him and Wilson Had so resolutely won the battle Yeah
0: I mean I think it's just a perception Thing with him You see him And he looks a bit gangly And a bit awkward And I'll think back to I think it may have been Kamarnock who made his debut, um, and there was a deliberate tactic from Kamarnock You seemed to give him the ball every opportunity. To Boyd, Boyd was coming over to the other the other centre half. I think it was, might have been Hill at the time, and it was a, a basically give him the ball. And to be fair, he didn't look great that night. He was being charged with possession by playing the ball out from the back. We didn't have a midfield. Now we've got a, a couple of decent winners in midfield who come back and get the ball. He looks very very assured. But I think it's a perception thing. You compare him to Rob Keelan from last year. Rob Kearnan thought he was a bit easy um, and was prone to just moments of. Turning off,
2: completely turning yeah, off, yeah.
0: Totally, just turning off, moments of catastrophe. It's never going to happen with He it looks so concentrated. He might struggle to pass it more than 10 or 15 yards, but he doesn't have to. He just plays the ball, even back to the goalie. He's pretty assured. There was a little flick back to, to Ford in the second half that was really, really intelligent and fantastic. Um, I think he's. I think he's. A, he's a really, really promising prospect, um, and I think hopefully the the, the um, upcoming news about his contract will be will be good news because I think we do need to get him tied down, um, and he could be. He, he definitely is now part of the, the the first team record
2: Alex, do you want to piss all over our excitement? Slightly.
1: Um, I Thought don't think so. <laughs> I've said that before, and i am maintaining it even after how well he played. I don't think long term, David Bates will be a Rangers centre half, he'll certainly have a good career Mm -hmm. Um, you're right though Uh, he enjoys defending and you'd be surprised how many defenders don't actually like defending Cardoso Um, Cardoso doesn't, no he doesn't Cardoso doesn't, Daniel Wilson doesn't Rob Kiernan didn't, we've we've had a number of them recently um, of guys who don't actually enjoy the defensive side of the game, they want to get time and space on the ball and play passes and and you know and you can understand that because that's the enjoyable part of football defendants take it from someone who has clogged his way through a a rather um, shall we say rubbish career at Sunday League football over the years as a centre half defending is rubbish it's crap you're just chasing wee guys about a pitch most of the time you know Um, it's uh, Bates is the sort of guy instinctively very good positionally you know but he's a good siege defender. He's the sort of guy, and his best games for Rangers have came if you think back to 3 0 under Pedro away to Aberdeen. His best game there, you know, for Rangers was on Saturday. Games where for large parts of the match we were under pressure, and you know that's where his defending, that's where his style of defending comes to the fore, and he's very good. But the reason why I don't think long-term we'll make it at Rangers is simply the other limitations that he's got. Um, it's the sort of complaints that Celtic fans have about Boyata. Um the exact same tactic Adam talks about earlier is used against Celtic all the time now. Press everybody aside from him, just let him have the ball because he's not very good on it. Um but does, he's never learned and he never will learn. But does that not make him, have,
2: But does that not make him a good weapon for your trips to Petodre, for your trips to Parkhead? You know, where you're does, gonna have to do yeah. more defending.
1: Does, yeah, but the last thing you want to be doing is is changing a back four for various games over the season usually. You know, you usually want a centre-half partnership that's going to stay, play 98% of the games as long as they're fit. Yeah, it's a fair point.
2: Um,
1: So, yeah, I I get where he comes in, and I do understand, and I also understand at the moment that we're not exactly a team, you know, that's that's rich in in options and and can afford to to say no to a player who has, you know, his abilities and has sort of a level of consistency. But I just think long-term, you'll see somebody like Ross McCrory go in at centre-half and be... That player. You know, that you need their
2: I think Ross uh, McCrory's think a more talented will, will player. Do
1: well probably.
2: Yeah. yeah, and I, I, he will have a good career even if he isn't with us. But I think at the moment, as you say, that I, I think there's potential there because he is young and he, he can get better. And I think he is getting better. I think he's he's improved over the calendar year 2017. So I think that there is something there. But I would agree that Ross McCrory, who you know we've raved about deservedly so because I think he showed on Saturday again the the attitude that he has, and that there's something that just marks that boy out as as special. And you can you, you can't put your finger on what it is but you know it when you see it and I think Ross McCrory definitely has it now co- just, just sorry make, go on Adam
0: I could just make a little point on Bates there I, I, I do kind of agree with what Alex is saying however um, we should be trying to we should be trying to build complementary partnerships to me and a partnership of I think I mentioned this up the last time I was on you look at some of the, the players that we've got on the team and technically Looking at them on paper, their skill sets do quite complement. Wilson and Bates, I think, is a pretty good example. One of them can go and attack the ball, the other one can sweep up. One's physical, one's better on the deck. Um, you look at <clears throat> the, mid- the midfield, and you look at McTory as the destroyer, you might have Jack or Holt and, as the kind of shuttler, and then maybe Dorans a little bit further forward, or Pena, um, if we can get Dorans fit again. And, and that's the type of thing I think we should be aiming for. Again, if you go to the wings, you've got Kandias on one side, who's the winger. Windass or Jamie Murphy, if he comes in, is more of a kind of inside forward. So I feel like we should be trying to get complementary partnerships. I completely get Alex's point, but we're not going to be able to get, I don't think, a dominant ball ball playing centre-half. So we're going to have limitations. I think Bates is a decent option. Um, He's only just turned 21, which is still really, really young for a centre-half. He could have 10, 15, 15 years left easy. So I feel like he's worth persevering with. I also kind of think we might not. I think if we get to somewhere we'll probably buy another centre half even if Russell Martin is coming in on loan I was going so to say we're buying we a centre
2: half now so
0: yeah we, we we might not persevere with him but I really think we could do a lot worse
2: Adam I just want to tell you that uh, as a football hipster there um, you you might be getting kicked out of the club for your unforgivable mispronunciation of Pena oh dear Right, Pena uh, my goodness, you know I expect that from Scott, but come on, that's that's, that's amateur, amateur ever. Now, uh, bit of controversy here, lads. Uh, wouldn't be wouldn't be Rangers without it. There are always a multitude of opinions on Rangers uh, among Rangers fans. Uh, as I always say, you know, you get ten ten bears stranded in a desert island, you'll have eleven RSCs by the end of the week. But uh, two specific opinions have formed on one player and I'll play devil's advocate here because I'll hear, I want to hear what both of you think on it um, Bruno Alves on Saturday limped off, injured um, and is injured you know, has, has hurt his thigh and there were two schools of thought the, the first one, the loud one was immediately, he shat that, typical he always does this, sick of that cunt and the second one was what are you talking about, It's genuinely injured, he's a great player um, you just can't see it so uh, I want both your takes on this and we'll start off with Alex and I'll play devil's advocate you'll play devil's advocate he certainly never
1: shot it he was definitely injured and the fact the guy left the stadium in crutches pretty much sums that that's up that's just
2: selling an injury you watch wrestling as well as I do <laughs> I do you wear, do. Your, yeah, you K- wear, you wear K- the neck brace for weeks
1: kayfabe's dead David do you know what I mean no like, not,
2: no not, no not no to Bruno <laughs> not to Bruno he was sitting he was sitting there at quarter to twelve going how will I make my flight right I need to be off for quarter past twelve <laughs> Um, Um, But do you understand Where the perception Has come from though?
1: I do get where the perception Has come from But I also Think the perception Is extremely unfair Um, And I like Alves And I think that You know A lot of this Seems to be born From the last You know The first Old Farm game Of the season Where he was injured And then got that flight out To go and get himself fit You know He went away to To a doctor That he trusts I'm guessing in Spain and, and tried to get himself fit while the game was on and then you would Chris Boyd giving it the whole he should have been in that dressing room helping young McCrory through the game You won't be saying that about Kenny Miller's stint in the Sky Studio will he? You know?
2: Um, but then Kenny Miller was about the club He was And don't make yeah, and don't, it, me, don't make, me defend Kenny Miller <laughs> like, Yeah
1: don't, You know he wasn't in that dressing room at half time talking to anybody He was no. you know, lying up early McQueen's tits which so, you know Isn't isn't A a very bad thing No What
2: what, we would all have done No I
1: agree Um, But you know Like I think I like Alves as a defender I think that There was two things Two things I think Are holding him back this season One and, and And I said this At the start of the season And I think that people forget He has played a hell of a lot of football This past three or four years He's barely had a summer break Any time at all And he was going to need managed You know he was, he was going to need a bit of time I tried to give him that at the start of the season By not bringing him in straight away Giving him an extra couple of weeks and stuff But even that, at his age He's played a hell of a lot of games If you consider World Cups, European Championships Confederations Cups He's played a lot in the summers of Until he's getting towards the end of his career So I'm not surprised there's niggling injuries And things like that And secondly, he's still adjusting to Scottish football You know, he's not it, It's a different signing from a Davey Weir And a New Goetheog in the past who knew how the British game was played this is a guy who hadn't done that before he's still adjusting, for me when he's playing, when he's got a run of games and he's playing and playing well, he's absolutely dominant and he's exactly the sort of defender Adam just spoke about, a dominant ball playing centre half, the issue is he's got niggling injuries and he comes in and out of the team and at times his performance struggle because of that. you should be expecting that in truth, it's just because we, we built him up in the summer to sort of godlike status because you know he's a much bigger signing than we've made in years, uh, but you know he's still got. Was it? He still get flaws, and he's a 36 year old defender who is is going to struggle with injuries because he needs he needs a bad time off.
2: Frankly. So that's Alex coming up for for one side of the debate. Um, Adam, I as I say, I'm interested in what you. So I'll I'll put my div, devil's advocate. Don't hate tweet me people, please. Um, but with my hat on, Alex says. Good defender, committed just a wee bit injury prone played a lot of football I will say man bun wearing ponds doesn't want to be here hasn't been above 6 out of 10 any time apart from the second half against Hibs at um, some times has looked downright disinterested and we'd be better off short of him uh, I think I'm on
0: Alex's side if
2: I'm honest Oh, shockingly <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't see it
0: at all I think it's a whole expectations versus reality thing that we've seen with Barton we've seen with Garner we've seen with Pena um, Pena Pena yeah damn it Pena I I, I think it's that I think if they don't come in and same with we see it with Graham Dorns as well if they don't come in and hit the ground running if they've played in England if they're over a million pound transfer fee if they're this if they're that I mean his pedigree fair enough however it's still a brand new country you still need to be used to it I get he's been about everywhere but I don't think he's been anywhere near terrible I would agree with your assertion that probably what I would expect is the Hibs second half um, and he's not been that but I don't think he's been anywhere near a bad he wasn't even a buy, so anywhere near a bad acquisition at this at this point um, I kind of take the point about Miller and the whole with Alves flying off to, to Spain but if this person gets him back quicker I'm, I'm kind of okay with that um, I also feel like it might be rumours etc but was, was Alves not Kind of one of the first to speak out against against Kishina, and he kind of sided with all other players. It doesn't really sound like someone who's working his ticket. He could have said no, that, that
2: is true. And, he was he was sounded out by the board, um, and he said, you know, the board were trying to get a, a picture of what was happening. Was it just a core? Was it basically PLG versus the Monster Munch Bunch too? And um, Alves did say no. He's an utter. Um, we don't have a clue what he's on about half the time. So the players are right. No, and
0: you're correct that did happen yeah so I, I feel like if you really wanted out that was a bit of an out for him no I agree blah blah blah, blah and get banished to reserves or whatever yeah it it seems like a stupid one um, I, I I think he I think he's a good player I think maybe he's not been as good as we thought he was going to be and that's part of the issue because like you said he got bigged up it was the first signing in the summer it was this and that and he just played in the Uh, just play for Portugal etc so I feel like he's just maybe not hit the stand and that's why
2: he's getting castigated a little bit Now I want to talk about um, our boy Alfredo and we'll leave the article till the end um, which we will mention but just on his display on Saturday now we'll start off with you this time Adam Um, he had I thought a really good game with the exception of missing obviously the two good chances Um, now some people, the, the minority it must be said have said, well, you know, you judge strikers on scoring goals. However, the vast majority of Rangers fans have said which he has been doing. And as Alex pointed out earlier, it was a fantastic save from Gordon. More really luck than anything else. You know, he spread himself and hoped. Uh, yes, he should have scored, but he didn't. But Rangers fans overall are pretty happy with this lad. What, what did you take out of his display on Saturday and his overall contribution? I thought it was. I thought it
0: was really really good on Saturday. Um, I don't have any major problems with. Uh, strikers missing chances if you're the top goalscorer, scorer um, you're missing the chances they're still going to come along look how many McCoy's missed um, no I've got no issue with it obviously you would like him to put away a couple of them but he's scored in some big games so far um, putting it down to being unlucky but his overall performance was fantastic from the nutmeg and Brown um, straight through to like we mentioned before and Balgin Brown off the ball he just shows an appetite and desire to get involved one of the things I want to touch on about his play that I've not seen in Scotland for a while is the way that he uses his body to shield the ball yeah. is fantastic, it really reminds me of Shearer and uh, his pomp where he pretty much gets in front of him, gets his arse out and nobody is touching him at all mm-hmm. I think he held off um, Boyata maybe Dembele at some points who are nearly guys, um and you just wouldn't even have known they were there, he swatted them away um, his link up play is good, it could be a bit better but for me, for a million pounds for a young boy coming from Finland via uh, Colombia via Finland. I couldn't have asked her much more um, than what. And I just hope we can stand uh, up and on the wings, maybe attacking midfield, um, and think how much he will score with actual um, contributing players playing. Learn about them.
2: I'm a bit older than you, so the Ars thing—the um, best I ever saw at it possibly the best in history at it was Kenny Dalglish, and uh, yeah you're right it's a good tactic to be able to do it fairly you see players like uh, well in our, our recent history Chris Boyd would do it but he would do it clumsily and, and give away a lot of fouls whereas Alf's great at just you're right getting in there shielding the ball with his backside and nobody's getting round him or through him and it's fantastic Alex I think that we're all pretty much in agreement here but um, you know do you get any would you be hypercritical or or critical even of his display on Saturday
1: not critical, no. Um I think, yeah, just that little it's just unfortunate in some ways that he was involved and in, for me the three incidents, um, as, as I mentioned earlier, there was a you know, a one-two that with Kitten Dais that, that he played a bit too heavily in the first half, which would have been a great chance, and then the two chances that everyone's talking about in the second half. In some ways it's just unfortunate that he's central to all of that, you know. Uh but the very fact that he's central to all of it just sums up how important he is to the team and the sort of performance they put in there was absolutely no hiding despite you know any, anything that wasn't quite coming off for him um, Adam's right to point out the way he used his body he was brilliant against Celtic and a very strong team You know they've got a lot of physical players in there I think that's a good part of the reason why they went in the run that they did um, in Scottish football terms are quite big um, you know, and, and can add some technical ability to that. So it was, it was. Int- he was probably the, the strongest looking player on the pitch, though. Mm. You know, the one that the, 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 if somebody's going to have to have a back to go or, or use their body to shield it or whatever. He was the one that, that looked the most capable um, in the entire game. So he played well. He definitely played well. For me, you know, if he scores a goal, if he scores either of those chances, he's potentially man of the match. Um, uh, just, just missing those. Takes him down unfortunately because he is a Striker and that's just the way of it plus it's a Big game as well uh, But I think uh, I don't think you're hearing much Criticism of him from Rangers Fans at all as you pointed out David there's a very small minority there um, and The noise seems to be coming from, from Elsewhere. Really. Well
2: yeah let's touch on that Alex and uh, if you'd like to Point out to the listeners when I mention the article What I'm referring to
1: The article um, as I'm sure Most will know is is Bill Wecky's Attempt to try and for me he's targeting the Rangers fans There's a, certainly an argument that he was having a goal Morelos as well
2: He called him a diddy that And he, he did. said he, he couldn't did. he yes. couldn't believe that we were praising him After missing the chances
1: He did yes Now the reason I think it was more targeted at the Rangers fans than him Is because I think he was discussing more This specific game Than the overall season You know if you look at the what he was writing yeah, He was talking about the chances that he missed And you know he should never have been missing those sort of chances. I can't believe Rangers fans would, would let any striker away with that. And you know this is a, he was almost trying to say this is how far Rangers fans have fallen and standard. But <laughs> we'll let someone miss chances against Celtic and still give them a standing ovation off the pitch. But you know he, he's completely missing the wider context um, of of the, of the quality that he's shown this season. Um, the fact he's a 21 year old striker. And, you know, he did actually have a good game. It wasn't just about a couple of chances for him. So, yeah, Bill Leckie calling and saying, I think the exact line was something along the um, lines of, he's a diddy, but he's our diddy, mm. um, is, is what, you know, he thinks that Rangers fans were thinking at the time. Um, and he wasn't even close to true, but I, I believe he was just looking for a reaction and trying to point to something in a game which was largely. For an old farm game uneventful you know, Mm. Um, is my belief on that. But I know you guys maybe have other views on it.
2: I do, and I'll come to mine in a minute, Adam.
0: I just find it baffling, to be honest. it's so smarmy, so condescending, and none of it's even really true. Like, I mean, he might be a he might be a diddy, but he's He's a fucking top goal scorer in the league. Yeah. Fundamentally, not a diddy. And there's a there's a point in the article as well where he says. to see if I can find it uh, he said no other no other striker and seriously no frontman will ever step onto two better crosses in as much space with the keeper so helpless and a massive derby hanging in the balance only to flush his fluff, fluff his lines both times But well, apart from Sinclair on the first yeah time, exactly so like
2: Sinclair said "The open goal <laughs> and
0: it's just it's just bizarre it, it just it comes across like Alex said just having a go for the sake of having a go it's not accurate let's have a laugh at Rangers fans again for nothing that actually makes any sense or makes it's not relevant at all I think it's best ignored to be honest I think like by Wickey in general
2: well I, I agree but the thing that struck me about the tone as you said or you alluded to there is it was just so nasty and so virulent and it just doesn't chime with this which I'm about to share with you. Um Lonely Bill Leckie. Of course, as we know, can't can't get a bud. Um and his dating profile though seems to suggest he's he's not like that. And I'll just share some, some of Bill Lecky's dating profile with you. I love listening to music, singing, running, golf, watching comedy, reading and travelling. Sometimes I'm shy. Sometimes the life and soul depends who's around. But the best thing of all is just being with people you like and everything clicking. I mean, that, that's nice, isn't it? You wouldn't... Why don't I fucking 2nd I to running? Uh, well, that, yeah, you've got a point. Um, uh, what have we got here? Favourite things. Happiness is hearing a song that blows me away. Running in the rain is magic. I like book and record shops. I wear suits a lot, but not ties. Rebel. And I uh, love jeans with old converse with smart shirts. Favourite books and movies change with my moods. About me and who I'm looking for. Was this question as hard for you as it is for me? I think the problem is that um, you're the only one who's finding things hard at the moment, Bill, and nobody there to help you. I mean, to see ourselves as other seers and all that bunsy stuff. But here goes, I think I'm a nice guy with nice eyes. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> who smiles a lot, works like a bear, travels a lot, puts too many demands on himself. Write a fucking good article for once. There's a demand on you, you cunt. Um... And sometimes need someone to put an arm around them and say that they've just booked a nice restaurant for tonight. It would be fucking food, wouldn't it? Um, love good parties with good chat, watch movies a lot and listen to loads of music. It'd be nice if you liked some of the same stuff as I do, but I'm not madly couply when it comes to personal taste. Well, you don't really have that option, Bill, do you? <laughs> you know, I'd like to meet a woman who's warm, fun, sexy and smart. Yeah, don't we all? Right? <laughs> but your chances of doing so on a fucking dating site are a bit limited. Someone who'll have a right good argument then really enjoy making up. Okay Bill, you're a cunt. Come back to me on that. You'll hopefully be equally happy slobbing about watching Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy? Grey's Anatomy? Do you have a penis, Bill? Do you need it serviced? Because... Grey's Anatomy. Oh my god. I I travel a lot but I'm not exotic I read a lot but I hate smart arses you could take the word arses out of that sentence couldn't you and and be closer to the truth I run a lot there you go again Alex Uh, no I'm I'm not
1: having that I'm not having that
2: (laughs) I run a lot but I can't stand running well I believe half that I think he's half right there
1: yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I run a lot, but I can't stand running. I suppose a lot's a very relative term. So,
2: <laughs> I, yeah. For him, it could be to the icy. Um, yeah. But but yeah. So maybe it, we shouldn't be too hard on Bill because you know clearly he's got issues. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's the emotional type. Yeah, uh... very much so. He loves running in the rain, though. So, uh, you know, why don't you just do that? But why don't you just go on a long fucking run and give the rest of us peace, you sad bastard? Um, Moving on, then, the other thing I want to touch on is the reaction to it. Now, after the match, Rangers were accused by, among others, Chris Sutton, of uh, over-celebrating. He said it was really sad, you know. Do you think what was it he said do you think the Brighton and Newcastle fans celebrated a draw no because it wasn't a derby you massive massive tit um how can we Adam be accused of over celebrating when the opposition have done a lap of honour and uh, Lee Griffiths is running about the park waving a scarf I think
0: again it's just an excuse to try and have a dig with no basis in fact um everybody that I spoke to I think I, I literally must have texted you right at the final whistle saying it says it all I'm absolutely gutted that we got a draw Correct. Um, everybody I've spoken to um, was of the same opinion certainly when I watched it it was the same um, we were slightly concerned towards the end that they might get a kind of sneaky goal they might steal uh, it
2: which they would have been they would have been stealing it
0: yep yeah, but I don't remember much celebration we were happy um, that we'd give a good performance a, a performance that we would class as a Rangers performance but There was no celebration at all um, Certainly from anyone I've spoken to So it's just bullshit really Agreed
2: Uh, uh, Alex?
1: Yeah it was was mainly I think pointing at the away fans Who quite rightly um, Were were very very appreciative Of the the performance I think that's key You both both used the the word and
2: I think it is key It was the performance As much or more so than the result Because they fought in a way that they haven't done that's concerned us for a long time
1: yeah I don't know if you guys have seen the video that was kicking about on Twitter of that passage of play for for about a minute and a half where we were winning every single 50-50 getting the ball out wide to win with ease getting a couple of crosses in it ended with us winning a corner and you know the fans were fans were on their feet they were, well they were going to be on their feet anyway but they were screaming every time we, we were near the ball because it was just the sheer desire and when your team's showing that the crowd's going to show that especially when you're the away fans you know that's, that's just how it goes that's exactly how football should be instead of having a go at is for, for supposedly over celebrating someone should be turning around and saying that's what football means right there guys there's a passion there no one's sitting on their phone I've got an iPad out trying to record the game FaceTime and their pals That's football You know That's what it should be That's what people Should be saying about How the way fans reacted Not Or they're over celebrating A draw Look at them They've let their standards Drop so much Nothing like that at all You know That's how every set Of fans should be um, And that's That's what football needs And to to, to, to to try and play it down To deride it in any way Is just Typical It's, it's Sutton Let's be honest Sutton's even more I than Bill Wacky. So yeah. you know If he's leading that charge I think we can easily ignore it.
2: Yeah, one can't get a burden but the other can't get a bank account um, uh, Yeah, but I, I would like to wish out actually to my friend Isaac Richardson because he did say to me the day before ah, we're going to get something, I'm confident we'll get the win so well done to him, he he knew the score he'd read it Um now, that, that that I think does is for the game But um, now, in terms of transfer rumours, there are a lot Obviously Jamie Murphy, Stephen Naismith, Jason Cummings, Russell Martin are all being mentioned um, Tav, Windass, possibly Hodgson all being mentioned as, as going out But we're going to do a special on that this week Because obviously for the Thursday show we don't have the game preview So we're going to do a transfer special So we will cover that this week, but we're not going to cover it today um, But something I think we have to cover uh, start off with you, Alex. Jimmy Nickel, um, looks set to be appointed uh, Rangers assistant manager, and I, I really like Jimmy Nickel, and I'm not unhappy at all with this appointment. But I know some people have said, "Oh Christ, that's you know Falkirk level management team that we've got at the moment." It is a bit left field. I can't I can't disagree with that because you know if he wasn't a former player, would he be considered? That's that's possibly a valid argument, but he is a he is a good coach. He's highly rated as an assistant, and an assistant role is different to being a manager. And you know, sometimes it it helps to get in someone who is good at that specific role. What are your thoughts? First, start off with Alex, and then Adam, you come in. Yeah, we we um, we touched on
1: this uh, in the in the in the Q and A Patreon show at the end of last week. So for anyone who you know has listened to that as well, apologies if any of this sounds exactly the same, but uh, I, my hope is it's not just a you know oh it's Jimmy Nichol let's get him in he's he's got the passion and you know he knows what it's all about I don't think it's that sort of um, appointment at all I think that people have looked at his record as an assistant manager in Northern Ireland um, you know we've well, done a bit of digging asked people who know him you know what what's he like in in the dressing room. Um, and I'm I'm fully I fully believe that it's the fact that it's so left field makes me believe that he's hired upon his ability rather than anything else. You know. He's not someone that the Murray has known and has brought in because, you know, he's, he's a pal and he can trust him. Um, he's not someone who has been hanging around the club for years and, and kind of you know, like a or touting himself for it like a Barry Ferguson would have been. Um, because it's so left field I think that points to the fact that we've done a bit done a bit of homework here and hired someone that we believe is going to be good at a job rather than someone who fits some other criteria that, that some people may have accused us
2: of Adam
0: yeah I, I think I've been back and forwards with it my initial reaction was really Jeremy Um when it first came out um, I must admit I didn't know he was the assistant manager in Northern Ireland Um at the time so that gives them a little bit of kudos in terms of still being relevant um, in, in the kind of with the relevant experience that we would need for that position so if Michael O'Neill at Northern Ireland the good work they've done if he trusted Jimmy Nickel to to um, be his deputy there I don't think um, I think we and should be in good hands as well I, I feel like Alex's point it's good to get a mesh of experience and know what it's all about but if you wanted if you just wanted that solely you would just move John Brown into the assistant manager job um, so I, I feel like it has been um, I'd be interested again talking about context I'd be interested to know how that's came about who's kind of recommended them whose idea would it be because I can't imagine um, him and Graeme Murray having crossed paths No very I, much, I, I can't find it I've had a look think, for it and I
2: can't find it I can't find any real serious connection bar some games against each other when, when, when one was at Millwall
0: Yeah I, I think it, 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 I'd be interested to know what the context of it is where it's came from who suggested it um, but an experienced hand he's been there, done it, he's obviously played for the club before as we've mentioned um, I'm not expecting him to pull up any trees but he could be a, quite a good uh, devil's advocate to Marty. and similar to how I, Archie Knox I would say with Walter Smith, it's somebody who's coming in and he's going to be not aggressive but he's certainly no one's going to make a fool of him, he's going to be quite demanding um, and like I said it could be a good foil for Marty, hopefully
2: Correct, and on, on all points. And, and fingers crossed and good luck to him. Um, love Rangers and he's, he's a really good guy, so fingers crossed on that one. Now lads, it's New Year and of course uh, this is the time, although only, you know, if you're a football fan we worked a different calendar, but it's, it's New Year in the traditional sense and uh, it's that time of year where we sit down and we say, look, what do we hope is going to happen? What what are our aspirations, both personally and professionally I suppose. But for our team this year, Alex, what to you is success this season and, and where do you hope to find us this time in twelve months? Uh, this season
1: uh second place finish would be success in my eyes. The cup's just too too random. You know, it only takes one poor performance to bump you out of that. So when people say, you know, God at least make the cup fighting or oh, whatever I, I I very rarely put the cups in in any sort of Expectations because, you know, anything can happen in certain cup matches as we've seen plenty of times over the years. Uh, So a cup run would be nice, but I think a second-place finish is a minimum, or it should be a minimum. Uh, This season we've shown more than enough to to suggest that we're capable of that. Despite all the disruption and all the injuries, we're still only sitting three points behind Aberdeen with a much better goal difference. We should be ahead of them. Um, You know, even, even if you look at some of the games where we've dropped points and the way that you know things have went against us with refereeing decisions and stuff, we should already be ahead of them. We should be ahead of them by the end of the season. That would be <clears throat> that would be success for me. You know, to the end of the season overall. Uh, this time next year, I hope we can see some serious serious progression in the infrastructure of the club and the things that we've brought in in terms of you know Mark Allen, Joe as director of football, the scouting system that we've brought in now, the fact that we've changed the challenge that we give our, our youth players. I would hope to be able to see signs of that progressing I think it will take a few years to really bear fruit but you know in the 12 months I would hope we would be able to see you know, our scouting team have identified some promising signings and you know the youth players we've got another McCrory maybe another couple of McCrories sitting waiting to come through because they've kicked on in the last 12 months um, but on the field basically let's sort the of managerial position out I don't think it will be much long term personally um, so let's get that right In the summer Make at least A bit of a stab At the Europa League Qualifiers You know um, Let's If we're going to get put out early Let's be put out by a team Who are better than us Yeah You know what I mean For for once Just just for a change Rangers Trying to get out In the qualifiers To a team You should get beat by um, And And yeah Hopefully the next time 12 months When we're talking about you know how the years went and, and how things are going we're sitting a bit closer to the top of the league um, and we've
0: seen serious signs of things progressing
2: Adam?
0: Yeah quite similar to be honest I think we should definitely be aiming for uh, a comfortable second place I don't think that's outlifts the realms of possibility this year um, and I would probably go one further and say I would be not expecting but I think to, for to be a successful season or a, a, a good season at least I would like to see us go, go on and win the Scottish Cup if we can I think that will get a few monkeys off our back it will be the first kind of major trophy since we came back up and it will also I would imagine at some point involve us um, playing and defeating the Celtic again so that would be a, quite a good barometer for us and it will be quite a good litmus test for, for Marty as well so I'd like to see that um, I guess that takes us to the end of the season I'd like us to see as, as, as Alex alluded to the whole Mark Allen thing, um, I'm hoping those rumours that we, we heard before Christmas are, are going to disappear and the guy gets a chance to, to carry on and do his job. We need two solid windows um, January and, and the summer of getting rid of the players that we don't think are performing and bringing in some a good mix of experienced players, players with um, time on their side, players that are around about the 22-23 mark that we can look to harvest for a couple of years and, and get a, a decent um, sell-on for. We need to get those kind of players in now we've staffed it a little bit with Morelos um, and we're seeing McCrory coming through and maybe Murphy will be an experienced head but I'd like us to see to see as Morgan down that defined strategy um, and I'd like to have an inkling of that certainly by uh, the 1st of September um, moving into Europe um, yeah I agree with Alex again I'd like us to go as far as we can um, into the European League group stages would probably be for me above expectations if I'm honest um, again depending on how those two windows go um, we just need to wait and see But um, yeah, I think that's
2: that's what I'm looking for For the next 12 months Well, I would echo what you both say in terms of On the field, so I'll, I'll concentrate more on off the field We need to get the management situation Sorted out for once and forever And I agree, I think it will Be sorted out in the summer in terms of If murty has, has If Graham has gone on to do What we would like and, and have that successful season then he probably will stay if not we will know for certain he isn't the right man and he won't so I, I really want that done off the field I hope the board realise the damage that they've done to the relationship with the support in the last 12 months because I don't think they do at the moment and it's not unsalvageable but they have to first realise that there is a problem and then deal with it um, and I hope that they realise that their manner was a huge part in burning a lot of goodwill unnecessarily and I think that if they can start to try and rebuild that trust and if they can start to try and get the people back on side with them then that augurs well for everybody, that's a no-lose situation for everyone at the club, if they can do that and start to remember that the support I think they took them a little bit for granted this year, I do, I think that the the hierarchy at the club developed a bit of a siege mentality against the wrong people. I think that they began to become dismissive, which is a a common problem when people reach power, um, that the people who helped get them there start to say right well now you need to deliver all the stuff you were going to do and they don't see the day-to-day issues the way the people inside do and the people inside can quite often start to go they don't know what they're talking about and and begin to to take them for granted and think it doesn't really matter what they think anyway they're going to support us regardless so i hope the board addressed that i hope the mark allen situation absolutely the board. Decide that they're either in this or they're not And that they stop trying to do this thing Of having a toe in the water But not fully committing You either believe in that structure or you don't And you have to make your mind up Because a 50-50 will not work for anybody And I hope for the the success that we fans deserve And I do believe we deserve it for all we've put up with And uh, I I would say that that, to me, would be my my main hopes for, for 2018. So that's all from us this week, folks. Just to let you know there'll be another pod this week, Thursday or Friday where we'll deal with a lot more of the transfer rumours in depth and, and a look at what we feel the squad requires. Uh, if you want to catch up with us on a daily basis, then you can do so. You just need to go to patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash heart and hand. And we're putting up, on average, two shows a day, and there's a real glut coming out in the next few days. If you miss Scott and you miss Sporting Integrity, there was a whole Sporting Integrity show went up on New Year's Day. Um, that's the place to find the big man. It's, it's kind of like when one of these casinos in Vegas hires someone to do an ex- Close of, uh, close of run uh, monthly session that's what we've done with Scott so you'll find him there but apart from that I'd just like to thank our producers in London Mr Mike Lee Mr Paul Myers my guest today I thought the uh, excellent job from both of them first of all Alex Staff
1: thanks David thanks as well Adam and uh, cheers for anyone that's listening
2: and where can they find you on the Twitter and elsewhere Alex
1: okay uh, on Twitter I'm at strider80 um, and for the blog sites uh, which, you know, which isn't just myself and there's some cracking content from a number of people There is Rangersnews.uk and four lads had a dream dot wordpress.com.
2: There's an interview with me going up on the Four Lads Had a Dream site <clears throat> and without wishing to, you know, in any way come across as arrogant or anything, it's fucking brilliant. I mean <laughs> I, I, I expect anything like I'm, I'm so good. So, you know, it is worth checking out folks. And uh, a great solid debut today from Adam Thornton
0: thanks David
2: and where can they get in touch with you
0: you can get me on Twitter at Adamski152 and after that shameless plug earlier on if anyone's got Bill Leckie's max.com password then send it over <laughs>
2: Right. Uh, thank you very much for listening if you want to talk to me I'm just at ibroxrocks on Twitter or you can come to the Facebook page just search for Heart Hand the Rangers podcast on Facebook and up we will pop my name's David Edgar wishing all of you nothing but success I hope you prosper I hope our team wins and I hope 2018 is everything that we deserve because we are the people thank you very much for listening talk to you again soon bye